You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. If you haven't been here before, my name is Alyssa Harper. I have created She Said What for anybody who wants to become the best version of themselves. Um, on this podcast, I talk about things like sexuality, even spirituality, apparently, today, um, and really just help people to open up into the kind of taboo topics that aren't really being talked about in other spaces. And so that's what I do here. Um, today's episode is all about reframing your beliefs. It's a bit of a niche episode. It's a little bit different to what I normally normally do, but it's been requested so many times. Like you guys have no idea. So, so many times. And I've been creating this episode for probably about six months now. Like I've had the kind of document open where I've been adding to it and really creating something of value for those of you who are feeling like you're in this space where you want to unlearn the toxic beliefs that you've learned throughout your life, whether they've been taught to you from your family or a church or just general societal norms that you want to unlearn. This episode is also for people who want to reestablish their overall mindset of themselves and the world and kind of establish their true values and figure out what that actually means for them. This episode is for somebody who feels lost maybe after leaving the church. I know I felt that way and they want to fill in the gaps that has been left now that they've left this huge kind of mindset and way of thinking that they've had for their whole life. And what do you do when you suddenly pull that whole thing out of your life? Um, And lastly, advice for those who have different beliefs to maybe their friends and their family, and they want to manage those relationships and maybe still hold on to those relationships. But it seems like this is a huge wedge in their relationship. And so that's what this episode is all about today. It is pretty deep. It's really like nitty gritty and I really get into it. And so I would encourage you to take notes or even pause when you need to and genuinely reflect on the questions that come up because this is something that even if you listen to it once all the way through, you're probably still only going to maybe get little bits of it. Like it really is, it's, it's a lot, okay guys? Um, but it is so worth the listen. And I just know that this is gonna speak to people in a way that some of the episodes can't. It's a really kind of interesting topic that I don't see anyone talking about genuinely. I really struggled to find content on this when I was going through this process. And so that's why I feel like I have to put this out here. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Of course, as per normal, it's going to be fun and not super serious and weird or whatever, but definitely a really kind of interesting topic and can be heavy for some people. So I hope you're ready for this. Let's just get right into it. As I normally do, little quick update on my week. I have basically just worked all week um, and hung out. It's been very rainy in Sydney. Um, we have these things called blue bottles in Sydney in like in the ocean lol in the ocean and um, sometimes they wash up on shore and they're it's 
I don't explain it. I thought it was so weird when I first got here. It looks like a little like blue balloon. Like it looks like a little balloon. Um, and if you step on it, it will like sting you really bad. And we dead as had like thousands and thousands of these wash up on the beach. That's like a five minute walk from my home the other day because of the crazy rain and fucking global warming. So um, that's pretty alarming. That happened. Other than the blue bottles, um, nothing interesting in my life really. Just, you know doing all of my Pilates things and having a good time. So that's basically been my week. Nothing crazy going on. Um, I've actually been reading a book, which has actually given me some insight, even for this podcast, which I, you guys need to read this book. I am dead ass. I think everybody in the world should read this book. I am that crazy about it. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. And I've been talking about it on my Instagram stories and stuff a little bit because it literally just makes you question everything. Like it talks about all these things to do with your ego and things to do with different emotions and anger and is it justified and when is it justified and just really makes you think about your life. Like I have, I'm telling you, I literally, I don't normally do this with books, but I will stop and I'll just sit there and think. Like I'll literally <laughs> stare at the wall and think about what the book is talking about. It's like one of those books. And I've literally ended up doing journals that have been prompted by this book. I've read sections out to Sam, my partner, because I just, I'm like, you need to hear this right now. This is going to change everything. It's crazy. So this book has been huge for me this past week. And I literally read like half of it this week. That's like all I've been doing. And so I would definitely go recommend to get that book. Um, But other than that, I want to get right into the episode because this is going to be quite the episode. Okay. I personally, I'll give you a bit of my backstory just so you have context. I grew up in church my whole life. Uh, My whole family's Christian. I leaned into it. I was very much a part of it. Uh, Went to, you know, the youth group, went to Christian summer camp every single summer. Um, It was a Pentecostal Christian church. And so they do lean into things like the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, um, whether that is like wisdom or talking or speaking in tongues, like really deep Christianity. And um, generally speaking, none of the churches that I attended were like blatantly uh, negative, or I would say like homophobic or any of those things that we're going to talk about in these episode in this episode, but it, it definitely had an undertone of it. And there were definitely certain things that weren't allowed. Um, I moved to Australia when I turned 18 around the time I was 18 to go and study at Bible college. So yes, I'm a Bible college dropout. I went for two years, two full years. The first year I was pretty into it. Second year I was pretty much over it, but I continued with the program because it was like during COVID and my visa was a student visa. And so if I wasn't going to school, I would have had to leave. And I loved my life in Sydney and, you know, had met my now husband, partner, Sam, and we were together and we're like, you know, wanting to stay together, obviously. And so for me, it was like, whatever, I'll just do this thing online. I don't really care. I'll just like fuck around and like, cool. Anyways. So I did that for two years, study the Bible. So I'd be knowing shit about the Bible. Okay. And, um, eventually ended up leaving the church. (laughs) I went to Bible college and, you know, went into it like a pretty normal Christian and left it being like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) And so, um, it's actually funny. I have a lot of friends who've had a very similar experience who are actually not Christian anymore, um, or who just don't attend church anymore. Um, so it's funny how you can really dive into something and then you're like, whoa, I've never actually read this shit before. It's actually kind of fucked up in some ways. So it's pretty interesting. Um, and that's kind of my story with it. 
And now I am no longer uh, a Christian and I don't attend church or anything like that. Um, But I've had quite the journey being 22 years old and now having lived like 10 different lives. So it's great. Um, But I wanted to go through and kind of give you my solid advice on what to do if you are thinking of leaving the church or you've left the church or you're thinking of changing your beliefs. You can use this episode in a lot of different ways. Um, but all the things that I mentioned at the start of the episode, those are kind of the people that I think this would be for. Um, I know there's quite a few people that follow me or have found me through Instagram who did grow up religious, even TikTok as well, that grew up, um, religious and are not anymore, but they feel like they have this kind of gap in their life of, you know, I used to, constantly just go back to, well, I think this thing because it's in the Bible. I think this thing because my parents think it. I think this thing because that's what the church believes that I go to. And when you remove that context of the family or the church or the Bible or whatever, you're left with a lot of empty spaces. And that can be really scary. And it's a big reason why a lot of people don't leave the church or don't leave spirituality because they're scared of the unknown and also just the constant being told that you're going to go to hell if you do that. So, um, there's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't leave the church. There's safety things. There's so much, so many reasons, you know, financial, um, reliance on family, things like that. Like there's so, so much, but I just feel like this is going to be a really great episode. If you are feeling any of these things, if you've related to anything so far, please keep listening, dig into this because this could change your life. I, like I said, have been working on this episode for months and months and I don't normally like really plan my episodes as much as I did with this one, but this one, like I really do care about. And it's something that I know know is a topic that speaking about it, people could be offended by things that I say. Um, it feels very, very controversial. And I do think that this is why a lot of people don't get into this topic on social media, but I just think it's so necessary. And I wish that I had something like this a year ago. And so that's why I'm doing this. I've split this up into two main sections. So the first section is your relationship with yourself. And then the second section is relationships that you have with others and how to manage both of those two kind of relationships and how to go on and live a life where you actually are fulfilled and and happy and you know your values and you're living based off of your true self and you don't feel like you're just like in the dark. So I am going to start there with your relationship with yourself and it really is deciding which beliefs from the system that you grew up with or the context that you had originally, which beliefs do or don't serve you anymore and what you want to hold on to and what you don't want to hold on to. When you're leaving a belief system, it can feel like you're mourning. It can feel like you're grieving something. Even acknowledging and being able to come to terms with all of the time, the money, the effort that you spent on this thing, that is enough to make you not want to leave that thing. It's like being in an abusive relationship, right? You're like, you know, I just know that they're going to get better. I know that they're going to start treating me the way I deserve. I know that they're just going through a rough patch. It's all these different excuses that you give that thing because you have so much emotional attachment to it. But at the end of the day, you know, deep down what you need to do. And that's how I felt when I was leaving the church. I was like, I've literally given my whole life to this thing, my whole personality, if you will, 
at least I thought this at the time, was based on Christianity. My morals, why I do what I do, huge life decisions. I literally moved across the world to study in a Bible college here in Australia. Like my whole life was based out of the church. Like I'm telling you day in, day out, what is the Holy Spirit telling me to do? Should I be with this person? Should I not? And they're praying about it. Like I was a Christian, okay? I was like actually like full on. And if you have spent, for me, it was 18 years or 20, 20 years, 20 years. If you've spent 20 years on something and you've shaped your whole life around it, like I went to a certain high school because it was a Christian high school. None of my friends went there. I was like, I need to do this because God's telling me to. And so I left all my friends and started a whole new friend group. All these decisions in my life came out of Christianity in my quote unquote relationship with God. And so for me, being able to say, I actually don't align myself with that anymore. That was one of the hardest things about it. And I want to validate that that is extremely difficult. When you're leaving something like this, you can feel cheated or confused around the emotions that you have towards a particular church or a particular family member or a friend group, wherever that source is, where you learned a lot of these things that we're going to be talking about in today's episode. I just want to validate for you how hard this is because for me, I remember saying this to my partner right when we decided to kind of say, okay, we are actually leaving the church. Um, I felt like the, like a rug had been pulled out from under me. Like I literally felt, and this is how I explained it to them at the time. I was like, I feel like I was standing on solid ground and then it was ripped out from under me. And now I'm just like floating in midair and I don't have anything to grab onto. And I feel like I'm like falling and there's like nothing to hold on to. And it was so hard on my mental health and my like overall emotional stability. Like it really was a hard process to go through. But I don't think it has to be as hard for everybody. I think ultimately it is going to be hard. It's a huge thing. It's like going through a breakup, but it's like a 20-year breakup, you know, (laughs) or like a 20-year relationship. But I think if people have the right resources, it doesn't have to feel like this. And again, why I'm doing this. (laughs) I want to validate any emotions that you might have towards this. So being angry, being bitter, I get it, okay? I don't think you should hold on to it. I don't think it's something that's productive for you in your life. It's not worth it for you, but it's okay if you feel bitter right now. Being able to say out loud even that you no longer associate yourself with a label that you once declared proudly is a hard thing to do. Like I wasn't even able to say I am not a Christian until maybe a few months ago genuinely. And I haven't been, I literally haven't been for, I would say a year now, maybe about a year. Um, but I haven't even been able to say it out loud because it feels so shameful because you are taught, like if you have been in this space, you know that you're taught from a young age. If I'd say that, like I'm literally denying God, that's like the worst thing you could do. (laughs) So it's like committing murder. You know what I mean? You're like, this is bad. Like this is the bad, bad, bad thing that I was told, don't do this. And you're doing it. And that's, can it can feel really wrong. It can feel really scary. There are going to be so many beliefs that you need to reframe. So, so many, okay? So for example, the question, who am I living for? At one point, the obvious answer was God, right? I live my life for God, you know, I live my life for the kingdom, all that shit, right? And so instead of it being God, it 
it needs to be something else now. So what is it? Is it your friends and family, right? Is your natural reaction to go, oh, well, it can't be me because it has to be sacrificial because I've been taught my life has to be for, for God and for others. So you've been taught that. So your brain might now go, okay, who am I living for? I'm living for my friends and my family, making sure that they're happy. But ultimately it's not really the right answer. It's you. You're living your life for you. And just that can feel shame inducing. It can feel scary. Accepting the fact that you're living life for you isn't selfish. If you're not living for you, you're living based off the expectations of others. Therefore, nothing about it is authentic and no one's living your life. Do you know what I mean? You're just being like bumped around. It's like a pinball machine. Like you're just being popped around in there and you're not, there's actually no direction. You're not doing it for you or for anyone. You're just constantly doing what people are asking you to do. And then what is your life for? Do you know what I'm saying? Very deep, but also very simple in some ways. I think that there's definitely nuances to this. Like if you have children, obviously, you know, providing for your children. Sure. That's something that like arguably you should do, right? Caring for a sick family member, giving to a relationship, like love relationship or a friendship where the other person is struggling and being the one to kind of be more supportive in that role if you're in a long-term relationship with someone, right? The thing is, hopefully doing these kinds of things are things that you would want to do because you genuinely love and care for that person. And with realizing that you're choosing to do this rather than doing it because it's making you a quote unquote good Christian, it allows you to see that good in yourself. It allows you to realize that it's coming from a genuine place. And it also allows you to set boundaries so that you can fill your cup first so you don't end up burnt out, right? Because as we know, like you can't give from an empty cup. You know, you can't give to people when you don't have anything to give. And I think we see a lot of people, if you've been around the church, you see a lot of people who burn out in the church because they are constantly giving because they're like, you know, I'm, I'm living selflessly and God's just going to fill my cup and blah, 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 blah. And it all sounds really nice. But then you get like pastors and people who do really horrible shit because they don't give to themselves and they live by these principles that like just aren't working for the human brain. <laughs> and so I think it's really important that we start to realize who am I living for? And that's just one question. Okay. You're going to see throughout this episode, there's going to be so many things that's going to come up and you're going to be like, Whoa, I actually don't have an answer to that. And as we go along, I want you to either stop and think about it or write it down. If you don't have the emotional capacity to do this right now, that's fine. But write down these questions and plan to go back to it and to sit there and really ask yourself this question. There are going to be things that come up that you decide you want to take with you, things you want to continue thinking. And there's nothing wrong with that. Being a part of a church or having even religious parents or whatever your context is, it's not all bad. Like you likely will have learned some pretty good general moral things. And that's, you know, that's good. These are good things that you should take with you. You don't have to turn away from your whole past life, right? You don't have to do like the opposite of being a reborn Christian or born again Christian. You can still be you, but it's just figuring out what you genuinely want to keep with you. For example, like I learned about giving in the church. I learned that, you know, giving is a good practice, giving money, giving time, giving effort. I learned about all of that. And so now for me, 
I can, you know, go to dinner with a friend and be like, oh, I want to pay for this for them because I care about them and I want them to feel appreciated. And and to me, that doesn't feel like a hard thing to do because I gave 10% of my wage for the last seven years or whatever since I started working to the damn church. You know what I mean? Like I practiced genuinely getting comfortable with not needing every single penny to be mine. And so it's actually made me more giving. And I can respectfully like appreciate that and say, yeah, that was a good thing that I learned and I'm going to choose to take that with me. And so don't feel like you shouldn't take things with you as well because this whole time you've still been you. Like this whole time you have been you in the process. You've just been you in a certain context. And so context changes, that means some things need to change, but not everything. Another thing is I want you to watch out for the word should in your language. What things are you doing often that you don't want to do based off your perception that it would be the quote unquote right thing to do? I had a big struggle with this one. It's really interesting. Like when I first left the church, I literally was like, I'm not going to say the word should anymore at all. There are some things in theory that you you probably should do. You know what I mean? Like you should keep your space clean so that you feel energized and wanting to work in that space, right? Or you should get good sleep so that you can feel good the next day. You should make sure that you eat so that you feel, you know what I mean? There are things that are like obvious. Yes, this is, this is a good thing to do. You know, you, you shouldn't be angry at someone when it's unjustified. You know, there are things that you should and shouldn't do, generally speaking. But I was using should all the time. And you might relate to this as well. I was saying, oh, you know what? I should go hang out with them because, you know, what? they asked me three times and I wasn't responding and I should blah, 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 blah. And I just started to realize how many of my decisions came from a place of shame or guilt, which has been a huge ongoing topic for me since coming out of church is, is shame, shame around sex, shame around sexuality, shame around everything. And that's literally what this podcast is kind of based off of is here are all the things that we probably feel shameful about. Let's talk about it. Let's normalize it. Let's validate it. Let's empower people in it. That's literally what this podcast is. Um, so thanks church. Thank you, trauma. Thanks for getting me here. Um, but it's something that you really need to start to just, just make note of and just catch yourself doing it. And that's another thing. I want you to try to catch yourself. A big part of going through this whole season of changing your beliefs and, you know, literally pulling a 180 on your whole brain is that you need to try to stay as mindful as possible. So throughout the day, when you have thoughts come up, taking a moment to write it down or taking a moment to talk to a friend about that thought that you had or trying not to fill your time with just aimlessly scrolling TikTok or Instagram or whatever to try to avoid the thoughts that you're having. If anything, you need to lean into it. And again, that's scary. I get that. But ultimately, it's the only way that you're going to get through. If you don't go through it, then you're just going to avoid it and you're going to be stuck. So you, instead of being stuck, let's just do it. Okay. (laughs) Try to focus in on it. Now, I want to move into 
a really powerful part of this episode is naming your core values. This is something that I learned about maybe six months ago or so. And it's something that really, really helped me here. Because again, when you come from, this is why I believe this, 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 because the Bible, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like, you know, black and white, easy to look at. When you take that away and you go, oh, I don't see any foundation in the Bible anymore. You can feel like super wishy-washy and like, well, what do I even care about? Do I care about nothing? Should I just be selfish? Should I blah, 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 blah. But No, you know, the answer isn't be a shit person, because if you think that being a shit person is the opposite to being a Christian, then that's a question you need to write down. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, Naming your core values is really, really important. It's all about rewriting your story. I always found it funny when people would say things like, how do non-Christians even have a moral code? Like, where could that possibly come from without God and the Bible? I would be so lost. But (laughs) morals values, beliefs, all of these things, they come from nature and nurture, but mostly nurture, right? We perceive things as morally good or bad based off of what we've been taught about it. For example, if everyone's homophobic, why would you not also be homophobic? Especially if you have a concrete belief that it is wrong, right? Some people will say that morally homophobia is incredibly wrong and that expressing your sexuality is a human right. But other people would genuinely disagree and not only disagree because they just don't like it, but because they also have beliefs that support why they are homophobic, right? But where do people get these ideas from in the first place? This isn't an episode on philosophy or history, but it's important that you start to zoom out and ask yourself why you are the way you are, why your parents are the way they are, why that church ended up that way in the first place. It's important to ask these questions as you go along because if you don't like who you are right now or if you don't like who you've been and you see yourself changing, it's time that you seriously ground yourself and mindfully start to rewrite the script because that's what you have the opportunity to do right now. And as much as that's scary and that can be very daunting, it is so worth it. And when you come out the other end and you're actually confident with yourself and the growth that you've had, it is unmatched. The confidence that comes from really knowing yourself, the confidence that comes from feeling good about your beliefs and not feeling like you're confused or whatever, it is so worth it. I am telling you, I am on the other side of this journey. I know I'm going to go through this my whole life and this is something that doesn't really necessarily ever end, but I'm past that point of like, oh my God, caution, caution, I'm freaking out. I don't know what I'm doing with my life and it is so blissful. (laughs) So talking about your values, Your values are the things that you believe are important in the way that you live and work. They should ultimately determine your priorities. And deep down, they're probably the measures that you would use to tell if your life is turning out the way that you want it to. How to determine your values. So you can look up values on Google. You can Google it, look for like a list of values. Um, I'm also going to put a link in the show notes for a values quiz. And it's quite cool where you go through and you originally just choose all the ones that you feel like align with you. And then they go through and they go, okay, is this one more important to you or is this one more important? And it's really interesting how it makes you think. And I would also encourage you not to rush doing this quiz. It's not like a figure out your values in five minutes kind of quiz, like really kind of take a second and 
ask yourself deep down because these are things that you're going to want to write down and hold on with you for a while. Think about it like doing your love languages. Like, you know, you want to take it seriously so that you have accurate numbers so that you can properly tell someone how you want to be loved. It's that, but it's just you. It's self-love and it's you loving yourself. And so think about it that way. So I did this quiz, obviously. I've done it a few times now. The most recent time that I did it, some of the ones that came up for me were my values being trust, authenticity, meaningful work, compassion, growth, ambition, equality, inner peace. And that's quite a lot. You're going to want to take it lower than that and like really have only maybe five, like around five is usually where people, when people talk about values, it's usually around five that they'll, they'll name and say, you know, that's where you want to take it to. But I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm undecided. Okay. (laughs) Um, some, for example, that are not my values, which is important to learn this as well. Privacy, right? Obviously I don't give a shit what people know about me. Now, obviously privacy is not a value of mine. (laughs) It's great. It can be bad sometimes. Sometimes I overshare a little bit too much. It's fine, but I know it's not one of my values and that's important to know. Another one, reputation. I've never really cared that much about what people think of me. And um, again, it has served me that it's not one of my values. So it can be a good thing, reputation. It can be a bad thing. Privacy can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. So it's all about you. It's no, you know, there's nothing wrong or right about having certain values. And ultimately, sometimes they're not ones that you necessarily can choose. Like sometimes it's just a thing that is innately you. And what I think is cool about that is it really separates this is who you are versus like this is who you are in the context of the church. And you believe this because this is what the Bible tells you. It's like, no, you can actually sit down and go, this is me and this has always been me regardless of the context and what I believe. Now, from here, like I said, you want to narrow it down. So for example, as it goes through and it asks you, what do you care more about this thing or this thing? It's cool. It brings up a lot of questions for you. So for me, it asked me, do you care more about meaningful work or influence? Because one of the ones I originally chose was influence. And then I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, wow, I don't actually necessarily care about influence in the sense of like, oh, I want more people to be influenced by me, or I want to have this big influence on all the people in my life. It's more about meaningful work and knowing that even if one person is feeling like, wow, this just changed my life, or, you know, I just came out because of this episode that you put out or whatever, to me, that's what matters. It's actually not having like an abundance of numbers. And so I was like, wow, okay, meaningful work. And then you start to narrow it down. Another one, financial stability versus health. This is a big one that I was sat there and I was like, I don't know, how do you even choose between these two things? Because ultimately like financial stability can lead into you being able to have health, right? But then health also leads into you being able to have financial stability because if you aren't healthy, you can't like work, you know? But if you aren't working, then what if you are sick and you can't support for yourself? So I was really like stuck on this one. Um, But then I was able to realize like ultimately at the end of the day in like my everyday decisions, I always choose my health over financial stability because I have a deep belief that money will always come. I am just like confident and comfortable saying money is not going to be an issue. Money is going to be something that always comes eventually and things always balance out and I'm confident saying that. And so for me, health was the choice. I was like, you know what? I would way rather say even in 20 years, have my health over being like super, super comfortable financially. You know, I can handle not having money, but I can't handle not being healthy. And so you really start to think about these things. Um, Another one was financial stability versus wealth. And I was like, well, you know, financial stability to me is more important than like having this great amount of wealth. And so 
you really start to take down, figure out what your values are. And your values are something that are generally long-term, but they might change slightly over time. For example, trust may come in, like trust being a value for you might come in because you lost trust with someone, you know, you were cheated on, something like that. And so you realize how much trust for you is a huge thing that you need in relationships and, you know, when your trust is tested. Um, But then it can also be things that like, authenticity, for example, where it's just like, this is something you've always really cared about. And you have always said, you know, I hate people who bullshit. I have a huge like bullshit meter. I can always tell when people aren't being real with me and I hate it. I can't do it in relationships and I just speak it how it is, whatever. Maybe that's how you've always been. And that one might stay. But if you do this values quiz now, and then you do it in a year from now, hopefully there will be, you know, some overlap where you are somewhat consistent or it probably will be like that. Uh, But you also might have some other ones that change out and that's totally fine. Again, very similar to love languages. And like I said, in relationship to your old belief system or the beliefs that you were raised with or whatever, there will likely be some overlap and that's fine. You know, you've always been you. Context has just changed. For example, people used to say that I was so wise and they thought I was such a good Christian because if I gave good advice, I must be hearing from the Holy Spirit and it's, you know, it's where my my wisdom comes from. Now I'm able to kind of reframe it and acknowledge that I have a strong intuition. Like I've naturally always had a very strong intuition and I read people well. Like I, again, have a very strong bullshit meter, okay? I'm also empathetic and that combination makes me a really good listener And so I end up being a good advice giver. You know, I can confidently say that about myself, but it's not because I have some deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. When I left the church, I didn't lose my like ability to be wise or like help people out. It's just a thing that I've always kind of had. And I'm confident in saying that. And some people might hear that and think that's a little bit self-centered, but I don't. I think it's important to know those things about yourself. It's really important to know your pros and, and your cons so that you can fill the gaps where you aren't great at things and you can really push forward and use the things that you're good at. Now, going forward, talking specifically about spirituality, okay? So if you're like, yep, I want to leave the church, whatever. I'm an atheist now. That's what I'm planning on doing, whatever. That's fine. That's great. If you're like, that's it. I don't believe in anything. I think, you know, I believe more in like the science and that, you know, this is all, it all comes based off of... The the, the Big Bang, maybe you believe in, or maybe just evolution, whatever it is. If you want to stick to that, sure, that's awesome. That's great. It's important that you start to ask yourself then, if I don't have this spiritual component to myself, what am I attributing the things that have happened to me to? So for example, if you once as a Christian were like, this is a miracle, that was a miracle, blah, 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 blah. You have to go, okay, if I don't think it was a miracle, if I, you know, do I just think it was a coincidence? Or do I want to attribute it to something else like the universe or something like that? You have to kind of figure out what you want to do with that spirituality part of you. Um, And figuring out where you, again, want to attribute the causation of things. So for me, for example, maybe I'll say my intuition. I personally don't really use the whole the universe thing, but maybe you want it to be the universe. Maybe you want to say, oh, I just got a feeling based off my gut and I always trust my gut. You can talk about how this shit, however you want, right? It's nobody knows the answer. That's the whole thing. It's about you figuring out what you kind of want to say about it and what feels best for you. 
and asking yourself, does spirituality still have a place in my life? And if so, what does spirituality look like for me? Is that what I'm going to say? Am I going to say, yep, I'm a spiritual person. I just don't know uh, what that really means right now. That's fine. If that's what you want to say, maybe that's it. Um, And again, this might not be like an organized religion. It might be even, for example, manifestation, right? I believe in manifestation. I believe in the law of attraction. um, Or I believe that I have a connection to the planet and nature. And as long as I'm serving others and the planet, then I'm going to be better off. Or maybe for you, it's meditation. Like I'm telling you, it can be any of these things. You can use these things as tools. Or you can be like, this is what I base my whole life and everything that I'm, every way that I would be fulfilled around. It can be whatever you want. Um, but I do want to note right now that if you are hearing me say this and, you know, I'm talking about manifestation, meditation, law of attraction, even like crystals, things like that, it can send sirens off in your brain as a (laughs) post-Christian. All right. Your whole life, you've been told that this is literally evil. This whole time you've been told that even thinking about these things is opening yourself up to the devil right? So if this feels wrong, I'm not surprised. And I don't want you to be surprised either. If you are feeling like, oh, that's getting into something I shouldn't be thinking about. Yeah, yeah, because you were taught that, okay? (laughs) So don't freak out. Know that you don't have to find an answer. The cool thing, again, is that no one knows. No one really knows. Obviously, if we had evidence, we would all believe in that thing because we would be like, oh, that's the obvious answer, right? Um, But we don't. Some things we do, right? Evolution and some things like that we do. Um, And we, again, not really going to get into that at all. But you just have to understand that it's okay. It's okay. It's a process. It's probably going to change throughout your whole life anyways. But it is good to ask yourself the question, does spirituality have a place in my life? And what do I want that to look like? All right. Last but not least, we are going to dive into relationships with others. Now, this part And I mean, this whole episode in general was very widely requested across every time I've asked what you guys want to hear about. I get questions about it, DMs about it all the time. Um, I literally am going to read a little list of specific requests I've gotten. Ready? Having different beliefs to your family. Unlearning things that you were brought up with. Growing up in a family that doesn't have the same views as you. Growing up in a conservative home and going to church. Dealing with the people around you having different beliefs. Still holding the beliefs that you are moving away from. So people are out here struggling with this, okay? Everyone, like, y'all are feeling it. And I get it, okay? I have felt it too. And so I'm going to go through a few points that have helped me personally. I think these are things that, like, generally would be a good way to kind of communicate and go about these relationships. And it's things that have worked for me, things that I've also seen other people in this space talk about um, and actual like experts in the area talk about. And so I'm going to get right into it. Number one, staying respectful. Everyone has the right to choose their beliefs. As long as they're not actively hurting anyone, they have the right to be a Christian if they want to. You might feel now that you've left it or that you're leaving it, that it's like the worst thing in the world, but they have the right to do that. And it's important that you are still respectful towards that person. You can agree to disagree. It's much more common than you would think that two people who are married will literally have two completely different belief systems, two different religions that they live their life by, but nonetheless have a healthy relationship. Okay. You've been taught this is the thing. This is the thing about coming from a Christian standpoint is you've been taught that two people should be equally yoked, (laughs) right? It's a Christian view. And so this might seem impossible to you because 
the way you think about the world, the way you think about life, the way you think about relationships, as much as you don't believe in the Bible or God or whatever anymore, a lot of your beliefs are still founded in those things, whether you want them to be or not. I know. I know. So that's the thing. You have to sit here and go, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, true. The only reason I feel like there's no way to do this unless we both have the same beliefs is because I was taught that to stay keeping a Christian or to stay within those beliefs. It's a fear tactic. And so you have to really start to go, okay, true. That makes sense. I actually can agree to disagree and have a relationship with someone who is not a Christian and I'm not a Christian and that's fine. Or maybe you're just leaving the church or, you know, you're still figuring it out. And again, this episode is for you. Don't feel like I'm saying you shouldn't do it. Um, I have lots of friends who are still Christians and a lot of people who still follow me. And I have really respectful conversations with people all the time who are still Christians. And I think that, you know, anything can be outworked in a healthy way. Um, I just think there's a lot of loopholes with Christianity to do that in a moral way. (laughs) So there you go. Number two. How to have non-argumentative and non-defensive conversation. So first of all, this is a hard one. I get it. You're angry, right? Understand that anger is a tool for manipulation. This is something that's actually come up in the book that I mentioned at the start of today's episode. And so if you want to hear more about this specifically, oh my God, go read this book, okay? Anyways, understand that anger is a tool for manipulation, for trying to be right, for trying to convince someone of something. And who is that helping? So say, for example, right? Let's go with me. You're thinking, what do you mean? Anger is not a, ch- a choice. Anger is not a tool that I use. I'm not manipulative. I get angry. And of course, I'm going to be angry. These people fuck me over, blah, 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 blah. I get it. Okay. But listen up. Picture. You're having a fight with someone. You are like yelling, okay? Scream fighting, having a full-on fight. And someone calls you. You are able in that moment to shut off your character of being angry in that moment and you're able to pick up the phone and go hi how are you and you might even be giving the dirty look to somebody that you were just fighting with but you are on the phone hi how you going because you are able to separate anger in that moment you are like maybe in some rare occasions you're just I'm not gonna pick up that phone call I can't even right now but generally you're able to split in that moment and it really is proof that anger is a choice in so many situations, in so many conversations. And so if you can realize that anger is a choice and I can choose to not tap into that emotion when I'm having these conversations, you can actually have pretty productive conversations. Um, That's if you're going to go and have them. This is, you know, how to do it in the first place. Now you're probably still thinking, what about if it's justified anger? And I totally agree. That's called indignation. Indignation the definition of it, as per, you know, the dictionary, is anger or annoyance provoked by what is perceived as unfair treatment. And so that that's justified. But the emotion of anger alone and in indignation, they're two different things. And you can absolutely speak out about injustice with emotion. And there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, I'd encourage you to do that, to be the voice for those who haven't had the courage to leave their situation, who, you know, they are in the church because they feel like they have to because their whole family is, or they're a young person living in a Christian family where they wouldn't be like allowed to not go to church. Like there are situations where people are literally not allowed to leave that thing. And 
as a non-Christian looking into this perspective, you might think that's crazy, you know, that they don't have choice when it comes to spirituality. That's horrible. But it's a very, it's a very real thing. Okay. I know most of my people that I grew up and went to church with had to be there. They weren't allowed to not be there. It was their parents made them be there. So it's a huge, you know, it's a huge thing. And you can be angry about that. You can have this sense of, we need to speak up about this. You know, we need to do something about this. And you can do that with emotion. Absolutely. That is justified. But is it helpful in a conversation with, say, your grandfather <laughs> or your aunt <laughs> about beliefs in what is good and what is not good for like the whole world? Like, no. Okay. Um, it makes it very personal being defensive, being argumentative, being angry, like actually, you know, verbally angry and potentially yelling or swearing or that kind of like being very rude, that anger, it's not helpful and it's not productive and it's not going to help you. And that's just the truth of it. As much as you might feel it, it's not going to help you. So do everything in your power to understand that anger is a choice and to have productive conversations if you're going to have them. Number three is being empathetic. You have to try to appreciate their context, where they're coming from, why they have these beliefs. Being able to imagine how you would have received certain critiques of the beliefs that you once held, right? At that time, would you have been able to rationally be in that conversation and rationally actually listen to someone saying to you that like God isn't real if you're a Christian? No, like, of course you wouldn't have been able to do that at the time. And you can't expect them to suddenly be light years ahead where you think you are. You know, you obviously think, wow, I've gotten out of the church. I'm I'm on my journey now. This is amazing. I'm finally opening up. I'm doing all these great things. You can't assume that everyone should just suddenly be there. This takes time. This takes effort. This takes like a lot of introspection and it takes a lot of emotional capacity and a lot of emotional maturity. And if they don't have that, they don't have that, babes. You can't convince them, okay? And it's not worth it. So try to be empathetic. Try to understand where they're coming from and try to see the history and all of it. Maybe how their parents were, maybe how bad it was when they grew up. Like I would say even for example, I think about the generation above me or two above me how their parents, you know, wouldn't let them even listen to non-Christian music or they weren't allowed to watch anything to do with like Halloween or witches or anything like that because that was seen as like inviting the devil into your life. Like all of these kinds of things, if it was that bad for them as kids, but then they're able to say, well, you know, I, I, I still love gay people. I just, I don't think that it's God's plan. Like that's a long way to go. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying it, being empathetic and understanding how much of a journey it would be to go from that extreme to suddenly being where maybe you are today, that's a lot of work for someone. Um, And it really does take an effort. And I think it's awesome when you get people who are older or people who grew up with those extreme beliefs who are now able to be like completely not sexist and not racist and not homophobic. Like, you know, obviously that's the goal. But If they're not, um, try to be empathetic. And I know that's hard and potentially even problematic to say, but I feel like it's necessary to say because that's real life. Everyone is on this journey at their own timing. And as much as you try, you can try, try. Okay. Um, Number four is knowing when to set boundaries. If the respect isn't being reciprocated, you have to set a boundary because that topic 
if it's just not working, it needs to be off limits. Um, like I said, I have friends who are involved in the church still, but we don't talk about the subject. Like we'll talk about other things. We'll talk about, you know, other things I talk about, about sex and periods and whatever. And they'll reply to my stories and we have these little conversations, but we just wouldn't talk about church because why would we, right? It just, it, we wouldn't go anywhere. Um, and ultimately it probably wouldn't end well and it's just not worth it. And so we just have kind of like an unspoken rule that, you know, we both know that we're living these very different lives, but we don't talk about it or we have actually communicated. We are not going to talk about this. And that's another, you know, that's actually better to actually really communicate it, you know, to just to say, this is not something we're going to talk about. Um, another example of this is when I went home and I visited my family in Canada, think all of COVID, right? I haven't seen them for, or hadn't seen them two and a half years. In that time, I left the church. I came out as bisexual. I started posting about sex on all of my social medias. You could imagine my family and how they might have felt towards that. And so before I went home, my mom, G, fucking G, this woman, oh, we love her. She texted all of my family members and she told them that she does not want any of them to bring up anything to do with sexuality, spirituality, anything to do with my lifestyle, and it worked. Like, it was fine. No one, we never talked about any of it. I had a lovely time with all of my family members who are, you know, full on, full on Christian and everything was fine. That's, that's it. And sometimes it's just the better way to do it. And you can still have relationships with people who have different beliefs than you. Um, but you do have to communicate that you don't want to talk about those things. And you might get, um, family members who want to talk about it, who want to convince you, who even feel a very strong sadness towards the fact that you have left the church and are worried about you in the afterlife, right? Obviously I'm saying from their point of view, they might be worried. I wouldn't be surprised if they're out here praying for you every day and you have to try to even acknowledge that. How do I feel about that? Does that make me sad? Should I talk to them about that? Should I ask them to leave me out of their prayers or should I just leave it alone and know that if I was them, and I was in their situation and I was who I was a few years ago, would I have responded well to that? No. And should I just leave it? Maybe, you know? So again, all these little things you have to start thinking about, all these little things you have to start to consider and what is the best approach? What's going to be the most respectful approach? Am I showing empathy right now? And am I ultimately still being respected and making sure that I'm standing up for myself? Number five, I think. Wait, let's look. Let's look back. Let's let's have a little refresher. Number one was staying respectful. Number two was having non-argumentative and non-defensive conversation. Number three, staying empathetic. Number four, knowing how to set boundaries. Okay. Love that. Number five is invest time in relationships that help you grow, that help you grow or relationships that you just enjoy. So this is a bit of a wishy-washy one. Okay. Here's the thing. You don't need every single one of your friends or every single one of your family members to be like challenging you every single day or like providing you with this crazy value. But ultimately you do want to have people in your life that are challenging you and helping you grow and helping you to be a better person and also respecting you in the process and allowing you to have your own thoughts and not just coming from a perspective of if they are more like me, then they're going to be better off because that does happen where you get, especially older family members, people who are, you know, older than you, they, they want to give you their wisdom and they will think if I get them to think what I think, then they're going to be better off. But that isn't really how a respectful conversation goes, especially if you are an adult. (laughs) So it's important that you start to think about the relationships that you want to invest time in. 
I'm not saying that you have to cut off your whole family. Obviously, I didn't, right? But you also don't have to give them all of your time. You don't have to talk about everything with them. You don't owe all of these individual parts of your life to them. You have the respectful conversations and enjoy the time that you want to enjoy with them, but don't feel like you have to be a certain way because of them. Ultimately, if you deny yourself and you go and you hang out with this person, whether it's like an aunt or a friend, or you go to some sort of you know church group or whatever it is, and you have to deny yourself and you have to act as something that you are not, it isn't worth it. Like it is so mentally draining and it shows a lack of emotional maturity on their end. If they're not willing to accept you as you are, if they're not able to have conversations that make them uncomfortable, it shows an emotional maturity lacking on their end. And that's not your problem to deal with. Um, and it's really not worth your time to try to figure it out for them. You have enough shit to deal with on your own. Don't worry about them. <laughs> but set the boundaries so that you can do that in a way where you actually enjoy the relationship. Last thing I wanted to touch on is if you are feeling like, oh my God, I am figuring out that I don't want to do any of this anymore. I am so happy where I'm at. And you're almost feeling this thing of like, how do I get them to not go anymore? How do I get them to not believe these things anymore? Because I'm so much better off. And you almost feel the same feeling that you might've felt as like a newborn, born again, Christian of like, oh, I need to share this with everyone. You might be feeling that now about like, you know, the opposite. And so if you're feeling that, I just want you to slow down for a second and remember that you can open up respectful conversations and challenge them in ways because that's what a good friend or a good sister or a good brother or a good whatever, that's what, that's what you do. You challenge the people around you in a respectful way. But you should only be doing that if the person that you're talking to wants to engage in that conversation. There are kind of, again, nuances to this, like say for me, if I was with um, Sam at the time, my partner, and if he didn't want to leave the church, what would I do, right? Am I able to then go and say to him, hey, well, it actually does really bother me that you're still involved in this and this is why? Yes, like I should feel comfortable enough to do that in a relationship like that kind of relationship. Um, But at the same time, you need to respect that person's journey or doesn't matter how close you are to them. You have to respect them where them at, where they're at, letting them go through that journey on their own and know that you're not going to convince them, right? Because if you were in their shoes and someone was asking you these questions and going, well, what do you think about this? Don't you think that's kind of fucked up? You would be offended. You would be feeling exactly how they're feeling. And so you just have to be patient and you have to be respectful and you have to say, hey, would you be comfortable talking about this? And then maybe, maybe you will start to put question marks in their mind. And maybe that's all it is, is a little seed of like, ooh, that is a bit homophobic that we don't let, you know, gay people go on stage at church. That's a little weird, isn't it? Now that I think about it, and maybe it's just, you know, throwing in some little question marks like that. Um, and even maybe even sharing stories of like, Hey, this is why I feel this strongly about not being a part of that anymore. You know, these are the horrible things that I've seen and this is why I don't want to be involved in it. And you can, um, and hopefully you're being a part of the solution within the walls of the church. But at the same time, I'm not going to be comfortable doing that. And you can have conversations about it, but they might be hard conversations. It's definitely a choice that you're kind of like asking for potentially a little bit of like a, like a bit of a hard situation, but maybe you think it's worth it. That's a personal choice for you. Other ways that you can kind of bring awareness to this is 
do something like this. Like, obviously, this is a podcast episode, and I have a whole podcast. I'm not saying you have to start a podcast, but even sharing random things on social media, sharing your story, or not, you know, social media set aside. Maybe you don't even use it, and that's fine. Even just being who you are in every space that you go to speaks volumes. Like, if you are sitting there with your family and someone says something, even vaguely homophobic, and everyone laughs, that's an opportunity for you to go... I don't actually think that's really funny because, you know, there are people dying because of their sexuality, you know, and just kind of having these little moments. Maybe you don't have to like go off at people. <laughs> maybe you can just be like, hey, that's actually not that funny. Let's just like not make comments like that. Or even just saying something lighter. You know what I mean? You can deal with that how you feel comfortable. And again, that takes courage. All of this takes courage. And the fact that you're even listening to this episode and the fact that you've even made it this far, that takes courage and you should be extremely proud of yourself. Um, but it it's something that would be worth it if you are feeling like you can do that because you never know who in the room needs to hear that, right? You might have a family of 10 people and siblings that are younger than you or family members that are younger than you and even just you being the one to say, oh, hey, that's a bit homophobic, don't you think? Or, oop, that's racist. Let's not use that term. Um, Even just doing that, you never know who in the room is going to go, wow, that's a safe person that I can speak to, right? Oh, wow, they just spoke up about sexuality within our family? Oh, my God. Like, I, good thing I can now know that I can come out to them. It could be huge. You could, you never know. You never know. And I say this all the time when I post about certain things. I sometimes think, oof, I'm stepping on some people's toes right now, but sometimes I don't give a fuck because if I can have one person go, oh my God, I've never felt validated about this thing, then I'm going to fucking say it. I don't care. (laughs) Again, privacy, not an issue. Caring about what people think, not an issue. And that's me knowing my values. So learn about your values. Listen to this episode again if you need to, and really go through and ask your questions to yourself. That's basically all I have to say about this topic. Um, I know there's so much more to say, by the way, about this topic. And I know that I'm not anyone like necessarily good to be speaking on this. Like I know I am because I have good experience in it. And like I have done a lot of research towards it, but it's not like I'm an expert. I would recommend going and looking into the experts on this, like looking for books. I'm going to leave in the resources section of this episode different accounts that you can go follow on Instagram, different YouTubers, like things like that. I'm going to think about as many resources. I'm going to go through, scour through and leave as much as I can for you guys so that you can start to surround yourself with safe spaces and other spaces that are talking about this. There aren't as much as we need. And that's why I'm doing this today. If you want to talk about this, if you, this episode's made you cry (laughs) or this episode has made you like a light bulb has come on and you feel amazing right now for the first time in a long time, please tell me. And please let me know that this is something that has helped you because ultimately it shows me what you guys want to hear about. Um, It shows me how much of my audience would even care about spirituality and things like this because sometimes I'm pretty hesitant to talk about it um, because I just don't want it to, you know, not apply to enough people. Um, But if it does, tell me. And if you want to talk about any of these things more intricately with just like a friend, 
I'm here. Feel free to DM me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper. If you guys don't follow me over there and it's the same on my TikTok, you can't message me on TikTok though. So if you want to just go watch my TikToks, have fun, do that. Um, but you can only message me on Instagram. So go and do that. Um, and other than that, if you don't already follow the podcast, follow it on Spotify or Apple podcasts or, you know, wherever you listen helps me, helps more people see the show. And if you're still listening, then this probably helped you and you want more people to hear it. Thank you so much that you guys are always sharing the stories um, on Instagram of sharing the episodes and all of that. I really do appreciate that. Um, and you reach people that I don't reach. And so that's so powerful and I love that. So thank you. I love that for you. I love that for me. Um, I'll be, I'll be here. I'll be hanging out. Come find me. Um, and I'll see you guys next time. Again, I don't want to leave. This happened last week too. I was like, Oh, I'm just having such a nice time hanging out with you guys. Oh God. All right. Well, see you later. Love ya. Love ya.